What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me, as always. I am your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is March 12th, 2022. It is surprisingly uh, both raining and snowing and not doing either of those in Brooklyn right now. It's kind of gross and wet. Uh, it's been a good week. Um, what's been going on? Oh, I did a work trip in Philadelphia where I didn't explore Philadelphia at all. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, but guys, today I have a very special guest joining me. We have another comedian, occasional podcaster, tall guy in a beanie. Uh, give it up right now for Ben Loftus. Hey, what what's going on? Tall guy in a beanie. That's tall the perfect way to describe me. That's really, <laughs> that's all I have. I You're one of the people, I always forget how tall you are. Um, yeah. Because you and Zach Kondakji mm-hmm. are uh, kind of same vibe, and you're both enormous. And so trying. I forget which one of you is tall, and then whenever I see either one of you, I'm like, they're both this big. Do, do I give off the vibes of a short man? Is that no. like what you're t- like? Do I have the confidence of a short man and a tall guy's <laughs> body? <laughs> like, you're an ankle biter. You're. Right. I'm six four, but I I still got a fucking Napoleon complex. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I still it's still there. It's still working. Yeah, though we need more tall guys. We need more Napoleon representation amongst we, the tall. We really did you have you seen the pictures of Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon? That's no. like a movie that's happening apparently, <laughs> and it it just looks so insane. I can't wait. I, I just so I really hope that the movie like really addresses the height. I hope the movie's mostly about his height. So he's really like into method acting. Did he like walk around on his knees? Right. Yeah, <laughs> he, get no, he got like leg shortening surgery. Whoa. Very experimental. Very. <laughs> that is the t- like. How do you feel about method acting? I know that this probably isn't the theme of the podcast, but let's just get into it. Like, how do you feel? <laughs> like, You're gonna interview me about my philosophy right. about acting. Yeah, I want to know. Uh, let's see. I think method acting. I think it's kind of. I think there are aspects that could be important. That could be cool. Yeah, but I think the only time we talk about method acting is really when people play the Joker. I feel like. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's... Like in my whole life, it's like who's done method acting? Uh, everyone who played the Joker. Every just just <laughs> and it kills them. Like kills most them. of the time, it's constantly killing. Except for Jack Nicholson, he's yeah. the only one who is just like I'm going to be Jack Nicholson. Yeah, uh, oh. uh, that was his plan. Can I get you to close the door real quick? Oh, Sorry, yeah. or not all all the way, but like mostly. Cool. Right there. Right there is good. You don't want people to see what goes on yeah. behind closed doors. I would hate yeah. for the cats to see us talking about our favorite jokers. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm raising them. They can't deal with it. No, uh, I, I don't know if you remember. Um, they did that uh, Andy Kaufman movie. Oh, right, right. Where Jim Carrey. And they made like yeah. that documentary about yeah. like how Jim Carrey was a method actor. And one, he does a horrible Andy Kaufman, which mm. I always thought was very funny about it. Like, <laughs> he did all this shit and he still wasn't very good at it. It. Yeah, but uh, I but my main takeaway from that is like if Jim Carrey is a method actor, like was he doing that for the Grinch? Like, like at what point? Like, do you like are you always method acting, or can you turn it on and off? Is like yeah. sort of my question. Because I like the idea of him like locking mm. himself in a room for five days and being like, I have to become the Grinch, you know, like that's... I, that's kind of his vibe, though. I mean, if you watch, he's like one of the first guests on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. And oh, is Jim, he really? Yeah. Jim Carrey is like, dude, he is on some like deep psychedelic shit where he's like, I don't exist. All I am are the roles I play. Even like his normal personality. He's like, this is just an so, act. So like Eggman from, from Sonic? <laughs> like that's... <laughs> There's a lot of Jim Carrey in that. Dude, it's just like he, 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 like Jim Carrey is like 
has acted so much and done so much comedy, I don't think he knows who he is. Yeah, like, he's just completely lost the thread. He's huh? just a set of tools to emulate other people. And right. that's, his, that's his thing. It's <laughs> kind of scary. I, I, I worry for him. I hope Jim Carrey's doing okay. And uh, I think he had an anti-vaxxer wife before it was like a thing. Whoa. Like pre-COVID, I think he had an anti-vaxxer. Like he and his wife were anti-vax for a while. So he's cutting edge. Like when you think about it, like (laughs) he and Jenny McCarthy were really like ahead of the curve. Oh, definitely. Do you, I mean, do you think the Grinch would have been vaccinated? The Grinch would not have been vaccinated. (laughs) There's there's no way. He just, he doesn't like how fast it came out. (laughs) The Grinch trusts science. He just wants to see more research before. I don't know. Part of me feels like the Grinch is the guy who tests positive and like is like, fuck it. I'm going to the New Year's party. (laughs) No, the Grinch is an open mic comedian who who still goes to open mics with COVID. The the Grinch is banned from every worthwhile venue in the city. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But he keeps trying to get in. I don't like it. Oh. I long can this be a Grinch pod? Grinch pod, just Grinch pod. Is this is the green light what's doing it? I think that that might have evoked (laughs) Grinch. No, I'm always like a second away from talking about the Grinch. Grinch fluence. This well, it it haunts me to this day. But I went to school in Boston, Mm -hmm. and it was right across the street from a like Mount Crumpet. My, not, not Mount Crumpet. It was near Mount Crumpet. It was like a 30-minute drive from Mount Crumpet. But um, there, there was a show, and they were doing like a live Grinch, mm-hmm. like off-Broadway performance type deal. Mm-hmm. And like um, they were doing this thing for the Twitter for the show where like the actor who played the Grinch – was like walking around on the street and like in, he was like Billy on the streeting people as as the Grinch. as the Grinch and he like I was late that day mm-hmm. like I was like rushing to do something so just like the way I remember it is I was like running off the train I was pissed because I was late <laughs> and then like the Grinch came up to me with a microphone and was like <laughs> what do you think about Christmas and I was just basically like not now and I just like fucking ran away from the Grinch. <laughs> And it took me like a few minutes to be like, wait, was that the fucking cringe that I that I just did? I, my presents are gone. Now that's method acting. That's method. Yeah, I got him in the role. He hated Christmas more because I was mean to him. Hell yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Did you see the new Grinch? The new? Oh. Um, like, that came out like four year, three or four years ago? No, but I really like the music Tyler, the creator, did for it. So, well, that, that was the thing. Okay. Uh, the, the, the Jim Carrey Grinch is my favorite Christmas oh, it's movie. such a great movie. And then the the new one came out, and it was like Tyler the Creator did the opening song. I was like, this this fucking slaps, this and I love good. Tyler. And so I went and saw The Grinch, and it is a movie for like four year olds. Oh, like, is it really? It's really bad. Like the yeah. opening is like, okay, this is a cool sequence of him like getting ready to start his day, but yeah. like it's not good. We, me and my friend who loved The Grinch went to see it. We literally walked out after twenty minutes. Whoa, you yeah. fucking <laughs> you. I mean, which, which sounds insane now that I'm saying it that to walk too out, angry. To <laughs> walk sounds... out on a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds too bitter. I won't lie. Wow. That, wait, who's the Grinch? He's a little green guy who hates who? the Who's. No, is it like is, is it like a cool like pop star who voices the Grinch? I, I can't it... remember. It has to be. I I guess we'll never know. My, We're never gonna know. Who my, for some reason, my gut is like John Mulaney. John Mulaney. I don't that think it's John good. Mulaney. That sounds good. That sounds right. But that's, <laughs> that seems like something he'd do. Uh, have you ever walked out on a movie? Have I ever? Wa- um, my dad made me walk out on a movie when Ooh, we were kids. I, I never do it. 
Um, I will like if I pay for something, mm. I will finish it. Like okay. it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what movie did your dad make you walk out of? Uh, Please the... say Star Wars One on opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Star Wars One, but it's it's fucked because it's sort of it's the Mask Two. The Mask Two. Yeah, Interesting. J- Jim Carrey wasn't in that one. Okay, it was Jamie Kennedy. But I I just remember because I was like five, mm-hmm. and my dad is like truly like not an angry person. Like, yeah, he, it's very rare to see my dad like flustered to the point where he will like do something about it you know and he for whatever reason he was just so fucking mad at how bad the mask two was that i just remember him not not like violent but like he just like grabbed my arm and he was like i don't know we're gonna go to mcdonald's or something we're going we're going and he just Whoa. like took me out uh and i did actually uh the slender man movie i walked out of the the slender man movie i that I didn't one even know that was a thing well the thing is like i had this like really crazy hot streak with a good friend of mine where we would like try to pick the worst movie we could find that's a cat we got a we got a cat guest well we try to pick the worst movie we can find and just go see it and it like worked out great because the first movie we chose was gaudy have you have you heard of gaudy Mm -hmm. oh uh gaudy is just a, a i can't wait to tell you what it is but like we saw these like awful movies in a row so we we saw that the slender man movie came out and we mm. were like oh this is gonna be hilarious and we went and it was just like bad like oh. there was nothing funny about it there was nothing like to be found that was like jo- it was just like a bad movie yeah and we were all like kind of sitting in there like all right like this is funny to no one it's gonna be funny to no. let's just like leave let's call not it quits. be here uh real quick i have to tell you god you've heard of john Gotti, right it sounds familiar, but I'm not. He, he was a he was a mob boss okay, in New York okay. in the eighties. Big big dude. Um, okay. So Gotti is a movie that John Travolta was trying to get made since mm. two thousand two, uh, where he would play Gotti. Okay. Uh, it I think there were five scripts mm. for it, and what they ended up doing for the script of the movie is just kind of meshing those five scripts together. Whoa! They just kind of put them together. And uh, so Gotti, it's a biopic. It's starring John Travolta. Mm-hmm. It is directed by one of the guys who was in Entourage. He didn't write or direct Entourage. He was just in it. Interesting. And uh, this is my favorite part of it. It has a full score. Not an original song, not a score. All the music in the movie is done by Pitbull. Like one Pitbull no has shit. a lyric that says "Pop, pop, kill cops" in in the Gotti soundtrack, <laughs> and that's that's not even my fa- my favorite part about it is that like Gotti won zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes and it was like in theaters for two minutes. Like it, it's really just such a terrible movie. Amazing. But John Travolta and Pitbull are close friends now. They're genuine. Like, oh like God. Pitbull introduced John Travolta when he got his star on the Walk of Fame, and like I, I go on their Instagrams, and like every time John Travolta posts something, Chico, uh, sorry, uh, Pitbull will comment, "Looking good, Chico," on on every post that John Travolta. Like they are, like genuinely friends like there are photos of pitbull good and john Tra- that, like you can see the love <laughs> in their eyes i feel bad that I, I i bundled that because they call each other chico and i just i love dude that's i like, love that like uh, wholesome wholesome unexpected friendship yeah like you just wouldn't think that those two no. guys would hit it up but i i like genuinely believe that like 
John Travolta and Pitbull can just text each other like, what's up, man? And it's like not weird. Like, <laughs> they're just, that they're in touch like that. The, I think the true level of friendship is not even starting with a what's up and just sending your friend just some middle of the thought. Just... Middle, oh, yeah. No, no. That's, that's you, the whole thing. You know, I texted Sasha last week. What? I was like, uh, I, went to the, I went to the zoo this weekend. I got there before they opened and I stayed till they closed. I got to get my monkey's worth. <laughs> <laughs> come on that's, that's good I, li- I like that I, uh, audiences hate it audience, uh, audience, <laughs> I'm not into that one I can't believe it oh my god so I gotta get my monkey's worth I like that sorry Ben yeah you are a comedian. I am a guy. I am a comedian. Let's get into the meat of the show here. Let's get into the meat of this. Uh, aside from uh, Pitbull playing the Grinch in the. <laughs> which would be amazing. That's an idea. Wait a minute. <laughs> Mr. Whoville Wide. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you as a comedian, this is the, the topic of the show. We can get off topic again later, but I want to yeah. get to no, know this fair. part of let's, your let's story. So, when was, when was you, when did you first start getting into comedy as a person? Ooh. So, I guess first exposure. First exposure. Um, well, I remember exactly my first exposure. It was a it was a Daniel Tosh special mm. with uh, with my older cousins, and we were all drinking like Monster Energy. Nice. And I I remember being like, this guy's saying terrible stuff. I like that. Like I'm really <laughs> I'm into that. But uh, my my older sister is also a comic. Our mm. poor parents. Uh, like, like <laughs> both of their kids are pursuing this. Thing. Yeah. Uh, but she started like she was eighteen when i was 13 okay so she started and for whatever reason she like liked me so like i could go around with her sometimes Yo, and like she do... started at 18 she started at Damn. 18 so your sister we like got at it early she was she was really into it mm-hmm. but i for whatever like she found it socially acceptable to let her 14 year old brother go to her shows sometimes crazy so, but cool yeah yeah Very no, cool. it, to the point where uh, when i was living in boston i actually lived with a comic that came up with her Oh, so okay. over the pandemic, I lived with like two like former comedians like in their 30s, uh, which was like my living situation. <laughs> uh, and it was great. Um, but yeah, I sort of just uh, I, I kind of got into it that way. And then when I was 19, I started doing like open mics and Whoa. stuff. Okay, so so like rewind here a little bit. So yeah. you, you watch a Daniel Tosh special. You're probably like what? 11 12 yeah 11 12 ish. something like your that. sister gets into it yeah. and then she starts just bringing you to stuff right away yeah not like right away like i don't i don't think she took me to like uh mics all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. but um around the time she started to to like get booked on stuff what like was a, do you remember what it was like to see your your older sister do stand up on shows yeah yeah i mean it, it's it, we've since um like done shows together right, and right stuff like that but like she uh it's so young to like see that though it, it was cool i mean it was mostly like the cool thing uh like aspect of it where mm. it's like you know she and i were always pretty tight like we didn't have much like our parents are good parents but they're just not the smartest people so like we were always like really tight as like siblings so it was like one exciting to see her doing well and stuff but also mm. you know i'm very self-centered so like when when she's doing it i'm like oh yeah maybe i can do that shit too <laughs> like, that's, uh, and i did um this is an embarrassing sentence to say out loud but i, I did have uh the comedy club in high school Ooh. i started the comedy club where uh i wanted it to be us writing stand-up it eventually mm. became like uh, like whose line is it anyway games okay and like bad parody videos for okay. youtube but uh that that was probably the first time where i was like a comedy guy was like running that club so how uh, so 
<laughs> so how did you start this club? Did you just pitch it to the principal? Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, the high school I went to was massive. Like it, it was, okay. it was huge. I think my graduating class had like fifteen hundred people. Jesus in it. Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, my favorite fact about it is the architect who built my high school mm-hmm. only ever built one high school, <laughs> and all of his other buildings are prisons. And it's so clear that that's all he knew how to fucking make. Um, where is this? Where where was your high, what uh, state? Uh, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. You're, are you a Massachusetts lifer? Massachusetts lifer. Okay. The, the August of, of this, or 2021, is when I moved here. First time I didn't live in Massachusetts. Oh, whoa. Nice. Um, ex- except for two years in Rhode Island, but that doesn't fucking count. That's Massachusetts. That, yeah, that state doesn't count. Fuck, <laughs> fuck Rhode Island, dude. dude um, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't know until last year that Rhode Island is the fucking island. I didn't realize yeah. that there's that that's an island. My whole right. life I was like, yeah, it's just like a blob attached to it. It's I did, just, right, you got like a over. peninsula. Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> it's it's just and the thing is we should just blow it up. Like we should just not like blow everyone in it up, mm. but just like blow it up so it just like whatever is attached to the rest of the country just get that part off and then it can kind of go out into the sea and they can you know they can fend for themselves and they, mm. they, they say they're smart so like let's you know put your fucking money where your mouth is tell you what i did a sh- when i when i was the only time i've been there i did a show in newport yeah a lot of old rich white people yeah hard yeah. to make them laugh yeah they're not i like, wrote in brooklyn yeah that's, that's the thing like i i uh i've i've performed a new i've, I've done a lot of shows in rhode island um and some of them like are really fun like mm. sometimes you'll get like like all 15 of the cool people that live in Providence, like decide to go to the comedy show that night. Yeah. Um, but I, I did this one show there uh, that was outside and it was like sort of height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it was stupid that we were all doing the show, yeah, but it yeah. was like outside. So we were like, mm, you know, like it's fine. <laughs> uh, but that, that really like was a reminder of uh, like stuff I do when I, I was seeing Jamie. Cause um my 16 year old like little cousin came mm. to that show because he, he lives in the, the <laughs> and he saw me do stand up and he's like hey man i think i want to try and i kind of want to be like nah dude like don't just don't do, don't do that shit you're not that funny like it's you not... have like a family curse <laughs> yeah like we're, we're we like really the loftus curse is like we believe in ourselves until it's too late like that's like basically <laughs> that's that's what we found like I, I I realized it was a bad idea to believe in myself once I graduated college. Then I was like, oh, well, at least I have $100,000. Oh, my God. Like in debt to focus on paying back. I feel like if I had a younger cousin who wanted to start stand up, yeah. I would be like, hell yeah, dude, let me cash you in on all this uh, minor league New York City comedy nepotism. Right. Like, I got a spot on a show every week for 10 people, maybe. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> I like, got a podcast once you get good enough, you know. <laughs> once, you know once you're in there, yeah. No, and, and also, uh, it doesn't it doesn't have too much to do with your comedy. You just got to hang out a lot. That's, yeah. that's basically, you just got to be in the room most of the time. Really chill. Yeah, uh, just like, just be able to conversate and then we'll see if it works out the for The most you. I can help a younger comedian with is just being like cool and being like, uh, they're cool too. Yeah, like they're, they're nice. I mean, well, that's what was done for, that's how I know you. Like you, mm. to me, were a they're cool too. And then we were you were nice to me, so I was like, "Oh, you're my friend now." Like, like that's really because you knew David. You I knew, knew David. David. Okay, yeah. And uh, Antoine. Uh, okay, I knew Antoine. All the, all the Boston guys that came over from here, Jeff. All those, I've, I I knew that. Yeah, I knew the Boston dudes. The whole. That's right. I forgot you were in that wave. <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird because like I I think like what the fuck is going on in 
Boston now. Like, like yeah. I think three funny people stayed behind <laughs> in Boston, and now they just like have a fucking monopoly on like all the good shows. Dude, it's like I feel like summer twenty twenty one was just like oh, all the Boston comics are New York City comics now. Yeah, we're just running over, and then uh, and then Peter Liu is like right. <laughs> in New York City as often as he can be without yeah. living. <laughs> that's that's the funny. I love Peter. Peter's he's great. so uh, he's he's hilarious. Former but... guest. He talks about martial arts. Go check out his episode. Oh, I didn't know Peter was on here. Yeah, it was a while back. Oh man, dude, <laughs> Peter's so so fucking nice. He uh, he actually uh, he was on a podcast I did for a while, mm. um, and and he's just wonderful. I do love Boston. I will say, like as a guy, like who I am, like a full on boston guy yeah, yeah yeah i just don't have the the sports thing except mm. for the Celtics. i love the celtics okay but uh boston like the comedy scene there was you know like it, it was it was definitely kind of like what, what there, there there was its own form of nepotism but boston right. is so much smaller so like there's really only like four or five venues with like good shows, <laughs> so you kind of had to like pick a side and then mm. hope that you're you know you're good enough to get with with those. But so here's something I've wondered about Boston: what's like, what's the happening part of Boston like for like comedy? Is because I'm not so familiar with the geography. Like literally, my Boston experience is uh, whatever's on the Freedom Trail. <laughs> right. Whatever, I worked on the fucking Freedom Trail. Um, I yeah no I. There's basically like um the way I'd like like Boston has its own Brooklyn uh, and okay. that's that's Alston Massachusetts Alston Alston yeah it's just mm. like think of it as just like a like a like a much smaller like still like coke and bad indie rock bands but just like not as many <laughs> per capita like um okay. but that was like a place where like the cool shows would be so okay. like that's where. If someone has like a PowerPoint for their stand up, like that, you'd go to Austin and do like a place mm. there. Um, the Freedom Trail ones is where like <laughs> those were the good ones. Like those were like a hideout, the Boston hideout. Mm. I did there okay. uh, a handful of times. That was that was a really fun one. Um, it was a you, place you're, you're doing an open mic where they planned the tea party. <laughs> yeah, I did right. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, I actually I worked in um in the fucking uh, old North Church. Oh, really? Which is where uh, that's where the end of National Treasure is. So mm. in like the staff room, there's like a signed Nicolas Cage photo of like him. <laughs> on, uh, but there was a, there was a venue around there too, um, called Laugh Boston, mm-hmm. and that was like a. That was like a you know that's like when headliners come and like you know mm. Bill Burr would be at you know Laugh Boston for okay six shows in four days like that type of thing and <laughs> I I won a competition oh nice there I won a it was it was called the Gong Show and uh, that was probably like because I think would have been like twenty one when that happened I was like pretty young mm. it was like early like definitely someone like was being nice by letting me be on that show. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like it, it was it was a gong. So basically, like you walk on stage and there's a five minute timer, and okay. the audience. It was on Halloween, which made it weirder because mm-hmm. like a lot of people in the audience are co- like costumed. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, I hope you're going somewhere else after this. Um, <laughs> but like, the, there's a five minute ticker, and everyone in the audience has like a noisemaker, mm. like whether it's like a clapper or something. So they basically, if they didn't like your set. They'd just like start making noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was one of two people that got through the five minutes. Whoa. Uh, that's and awesome. Then it was like a double header and I fucking won. Dude, I, I killed sick. that shit. And this is what you said, like probably 
you said you started in 20 when you were 19. So you probably- 19. I, I didn't start like really doing it until probably like I was like a junior in college though. Okay, like so I, you- I would do the occasional mic until I was like mm-hmm. 21. And then I really like started. Being- so this is probably in your first year of serious stand up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I and- got third in a competition in my first six months. Yeah. Uh, you were like, hell yeah. Yeah. That guy, uh, that was how I got on my first show is it was a competition for a five minute spot on the opening night of Aspen Laugh Festival. Right. And I got third. So I got one of the five minute spots. Oh, hell yeah. That's that's what the beanie is from. That's sick. And that was like, that was amazing because I was like, I fucking did it. But also, uh, Aspen is four hours from Denver. So uh, you really had to want it to go up yeah, there and compete. For a five <laughs> minutes. But yeah, I, w- I would do so, especially early on. Like I... Uh, the the Massachusetts equivalent to that was like I would go into like the depths of New Hampshire <laughs> to like to do jokes about like white rappers to construction workers like that would be like and and they like white rappers in New Hampshire <laughs> so that's not even like their their thing. Um, so rewinding a little bit, so yeah. you start doing your first like real open mic in, at nineteen. You said when yeah. you're kind of in college. Well. Mm-hmm. So you start the comedy club in high school. You guys are playing basically improv games and doing yeah, sketches. Yeah, goofing. What is the point where you tip over to start the open mic? Um, and like actually go do it for real. Well, uh, it's funny. I I a lie. I I was lying to people, and I was like, oh, I do comedy all the time. Uh, because I'd done like you know at at the comedy club, I would mm. I would do. I had like one one set. That, you know, went pretty good. I remember the joke I did, actually. It's one mm. of the, like, at 16, I thought it was hilarious. All right, let's now, hear it. Uh, all right, so it's a joke about my dick. Um, like, uh, and, and the, the setup for the joke is already unbelievable because a woman has asked me what my dick is like. Okay, and I don't think yeah. a woman has ever asked that question before. <laughs> uh, but uh, so in this scenario, a woman asked me, like, how would you describe your penis? Mm-hmm. And I say, have you ever seen the movie Iron Man 2? Okay. And she goes, yes. And I say, what'd you think of Iron Man 2? She was like, yeah, I was like, fine. Like, not the best movie mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And I was like, yeah, that. Like, that's, that's basically, like, my, okay. and, and, and then it, I think it became, my dick is like a, a Toyota Camry. It's not something you're going to, like, brag to your friends about riding in, but, mm-hmm. like, is it going to get you where you need to go? Depends on the day, you know? So, <laughs> okay. like, that, it, it was shit like that. But basically, I was talking to some some friends and uh saying like oh yeah i've done comedy before and they're like oh there's an open mic right here and i was like well you know we we don't have to you know i'm not really feeling it right now but i i sort of got egged on into doing it so i did those jokes Mm -hmm. which as you can imagine fucking killed just like destroyed people were standing up you know taking off their shirts waving them around and shit (laughs) showing Uh, you their dick yeah it was like it was like andrew dice clay in the 90s Mm. like people were real fucking excited (laughs) about my about my dick and yes they were showing me theirs Mm. and i was you know saying iron man too um but yeah we did that and then i did jokes about the roseanne situation oh because that was fresh at the time how old are Um, you uh i'm 24 24 and 20 well i'm 25 in like a month but okay damn i'm like almost 28 i thought you were like exactly my age really yeah you have a you have a wizened vibe i have a that's insane that's (laughs) that's that's not true i don't that's not true at all is Um, wizened a word i don't know i don't know if i i was saying that right like wise yeah no i feel like wizened would actually be maybe you have a you have an older vibe 
than I mean, I 24. Appreciate. Yeah, I've been I've been smoking cigarettes for a while. Okay, that's probably it. That's probably what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's um, but yeah, no, I, it's it's funny because the mic I did like that those jokes at, and I I sort of consider that mm-hmm. the first because you know it went okay mm-hmm. to the point where like it, it didn't go so bad that I was like I'm never gonna do this shit again. Um, but that was at a place in Boston called Muya Burgers and Fries. Okay, and that was the first mic I ever really did, so I call it like me doing it seriously. And then within a year, I was actually running that mic and like booking a show nice. out of Muya. So it's like funny that that's kind of where the first mm. one I did ended up being. And that's during college. Yeah. That, so this you start is... seriously doing it while you're still in college. Yeah, while, okay. while I'm in, in Boston. That's uh, dope. What college I, did you go to? I went to Emerson College. Okay. Um, which is... I've heard the name. I think, yeah. so, I think Sasha went there. Did Sasha go to Emerson College? I think he did. Wow, I, that's I feel like I would have known Maybe Sasha he, at some point. No, you know what? Sasha would have Maybe been. Maybe went Muya. to Tufts. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm from. I'm a West. I'm a out West. I'm gonna have guy. to send him a message. I feel like I would have met Sasha, or like at least have been aware. Because like the thing about someone, there's someone. It's either him or someone else that we're close to that went to Emerson. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll, I'll find. I, I'll. We're gonna have to get back to that. I'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll do some research. <laughs> that'll be on the Patreon. Uh, uh, pay yeah. me ten dollars a month, and that'll be the only content to confirm well, this the, connection between guests. <laughs> the thing is, like, you definitely know Sasha better than I do, but just, I feel like I would have known if he went to Emerson because he would have fucking cleaned up there. Like, he would have been like the star of Emerson College. But um, <laughs> like, the thing is, like, I I I wasn't that involved in the school. Like, Muya, like that. The reason I think comedy became so big is yeah, like. Yeah my circle definitely existed in Muya mm. because like Emerson college was like, basically it was like, uh, it was a high end enough school that like a lot of the people going there were like, my major is my mom already works at HBO. Like yeah, that's yeah. like basically the kind of, so even though I was like going to school, I studied screenwriting. My degree is in screenwriting. Uh, it just basically, comedy kind of ate everything up once yeah. i started doing it but I, I mean that's a fair progression i feel like yeah like, yeah because i think the uh, the flip side of stand-up comedy is that a lot of comics just end up being writers so you want to yeah i pay off later yeah no like ho- hopefully that, that's the idea um yeah no but that would that was like yeah i definitely look at that as like probably the most like influential time mm. or whatever like i definitely like figured out because like I'll go back and and look at because uh, I'm 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 a classic guy. I love to write my my book my jokes down in a little notebook. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a little joke book, and I kept the first one that I had like when I was doing movie and stuff. And like all of my original jokes, like the crux of it basically is like I will say anything for a girl with bangs to have sex with me. Like that's like so I was just like <laughs> I was basically going up and like lecturing people about like you like please have sex with me <laughs> right i'm like hey we're all at emerson college let me tell you why you need to vote mm. for bernie sanders even yeah, though you're yeah. already gonna you know oh, like boy. that's that's like the kind of comic i was uh and then like very thankfully i, I stopped being like that i think someone started to date me and i was mm. like oh, okay then I, nice, now I can nice. now i can build a sense of self on stage uh, my perspective is uh no comedian is good until they're not single uh because otherwise they're just horned up and sad uh, right yeah no that's <laughs> that's sort of true you're definitely uh i i think you're on to something something there there's something there there's definitely something to be said in the future that. you can only do comedy if you're married and like in a stable <laughs> I, like, if your couple's therapist can vouch for you then you can go to open yeah mics. no the couple's therapist is actually now the opener on all of your shows nice. she just like gives everyone a rundown <laughs> of context yeah just like what's going on be like they actually love each other like i think they're gonna make it <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, so that was cool. Uh, at, at Muya, there was, um, I don't know if you know, Neil Linsky. Um, oh, he, shoot. Did, I think. He's another Boston guy that, that came over. Okay, I, I, I feel like I've met him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because he, he would know David and everyone. Yeah, so yeah. So it was originally run by Neil and uh, this guy Caleb and Caleb Pitts. He, he okay. did his uh, podcast about List. Um, they ran it for a little while and then it was passed down to me and my friend Patrick Mm -hmm. and Patrick is also, uh, on podcast about list. And the funny thing was like Patrick at Emerson was like, you know, we were like best friends. Like we were hanging Mm -hmm. out all the time and we just had no fucking stage chemistry. Like what? (laughs) Like like, we'll joke about it now when we see each other. It's like when we weren't on stage, we could just anything like talking, go back and then we get on stage and be like, Hey everybody. You know, like. And well, the yep. thing is, um, I definitely came up around like alt comedians, mm-hmm. and I don't really fancy myself like an alt comedian. I don't, yeah, not I don't at really, all. I don't get it. I don't understand like how how yeah. you know. You're kind of you're you're like a storyteller type comic. Absolutely, it, it's yeah. unfortunate, but just like I I gun to my head the special I watched where I was like, oh yeah, I want to do stuff like that was my girlfriend's boyfriend by Mike Birbiglia. Okay. Yeah. That was like the big one where I <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah, no, I'm going to, mm. he's, he's white, but you know, like it, the kind of white I am, like where we don't yeah. talk about politics. That's right. like, that's the good. Mm. Uh, so he definitely was like a big uh, influence there, but running Muya was, was really, really fun. Cause you know, I, Learned about how you, how you do booking and and you know like don't do lottery spots. That was that was a good lesson mm. we learned and like I'm was, still learning that lesson a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it can be yeah. tough. The I first, mean, you know, the first few two virgins we did like lottery spots. Yeah, they all pretty much paid off. I think we had one that was like a little rocky where I was like, all right, we don't need this. Yeah, like we don't have yeah. to. Do- <laughs> yeah, I know Patrick and I once like we were basically told like, yeah, you want to rig the lotto like you want to you know like <laughs> basically go through and pick like six names that you would be okay with and then pick from the like that what? that's the random one <laughs> uh and patrick and i were like no 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 it's like totally fine we, we we're not gonna do that and we did and like as soon in, in the the big mistake we did was we did it like on stage Ooh. so like i i patrick was the one who read it and like as soon as he read it, like I heard he, his voice stammered, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like, "Oh no!" Oh, no. <laughs> and it just like you know, obviously, I'm not gonna t- to say who it was, but the guy who came up, whoo! Like it was just it <laughs> really Alex Jones, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like <clears throat> in in like in the Boston context, yeah. There was a lot of Alex Jones types running around and and doing stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was I, I really look back at that like so 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 fondly. Um mm. and I was in Boston for most of the pandemic before yeah, I moved yeah. here. So in theory I was I was still running Muya. Like it mm. it did it was my venue and I booked like a couple shows for it um when it was just me. Mm. But uh we had she went to Emerson. Her name is um Mary Spadero. And I, I don't feel too bad saying that because I think she's gonna move here once she graduates. But um she and she's the one who's running it now mm-hmm. and she's running it with uh her partner and dm the, for bookings <laughs> d- genuinely she it, it kind of their inbox yeah hit her, hit her hit up mary spideri on uh on instagram no um and she, send, send them a 20 minute tape and then get upset when they don't watch it yeah <laughs> no she would watch it she's very nice Ooh. like that's like the I, it, it's too bad but like the, the the funny thing is like so 
basically like when the owner of Muya mm-hmm. told us like, Hey, you're good to come back. I knew I was moving here. So I basically just called Mary. I was like, Hey, like, can I host the mic one more time? And then like you just take over. And she was like, yeah, no, sure. So like we did like my last show. It was, it was really fun, but I still had a couple weeks where before I was going. So I like, I would go to the ones that Mary was mm-hmm. running and now that I'm not running it, I walk down. I'm like, well, there's a lot more women here than usual. <laughs> like, like what? So she, it, good. it's amazing. I love to go back to Boston because like she has made it like a completely different thing. And I love that that like shitty little burger basement where like the pipes burst very often and everything. I love that there's still something going on there. Awesome. And I hope she picks a new like a young boy <laughs> to, to, to learn to rise up through the ranks of, of burgers and fries. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good deal. I got a free burger every time I host it. I'm like, that's good. a great deal. It was good. Mushroom burger. Muya. Tell nice. me. Can't, can't get away. When I started in um, Boulder, there was a brewery. We used to, there used to be a mic at, um, Oh fuck. I, I got a sticker on one of my water bottles and I remember it, but mm. uh, this brewery, when you would just do the open mic, they would give you a free drink. Whoa. And I remember the first time that happened, I I was so, like, my mind was so blown. I was like, this is the first time I've been compensated <laughs> for my comedy. And granted, I fucking sucked at that point. Right, but it was right. still like, <laughs> oh, my God, this blueberry hibiscus cider for mm. my jokes. Just, Amazing. Just, just for me? Just for me. <laughs> I gave my art to the crowd, and I'm being, yeah, I got paid in chicken strips was the first time I think I got, like, compensation. It was, I was stoked. They were good chicken strips. <laughs> they were good. I'm gonna. I uh, I feel like I, I should uh, start a show at try to start a show at V Spot to try to cash in on that vegan food. I love mm-hmm. that shit. <laughs> yeah. Think, I wonder about that. Like, is that like a thing? Can you do that? Like, can you do comedy in like a place like? Oh, that? the owners of V Spot are comedians, and they have it's. It, they call it like the St. Mark's Comedy Club is like attached to. Oh, it. is that what? That, that I, I work right near St. Mark's. Oh, okay. And like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I actually, oh, yeah, you do. I know you were yeah, doing the, the Virgin show I did uh, with you guys a couple weeks ago. I, um, I, I, I didn't know St. Mark's had that. Mm-hmm. And I actually really fucking embarrassed myself. Really? Because uh, I was walking to go like get a slice or something before your show. And they were out there like barking for mm-hmm. a show. And someone's like, hey, man, you want to go to a comedy show tonight? And like, just like the biggest fucking loser in the world. I turned around and I was like, I'm actually on my own comedy show tonight. <laughs> and this guy just looked at me like, fuck off. Like, like don't, don't, he's already barking. And I, I was know. like, actually, I have a spot tonight. Dude, I, I have accidentally done that type of shit without thinking. And I'm like, why, do, why would I fucking do that? Be like. Because at the end of the day, I also bark for my own show. Yeah, right. Like, and then when I see someone else bark, I'm like, sorry, man, I've already got a spot. And I'm like, what am I doing shitting on it? Like, it's going to happen for you one day. Don't no need to it. flex on this poor guy outside the grizzly bear. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, it's just this poor man who didn't deserve it. Um, like, yeah, no. Like, so I... I didn't realize that's what that was. Mm-hmm. I, I kept one. I keep seeing posters for the St. Mark's Comedy Club, but I'm like, but where is it though? Yeah, like, it's, a, it's in the back of V Spot, and the food at V Spot is amazing. Are you a vegan? Oh yeah. I did not know that. Nine years, baby. Nine years of being a vegan. I didn't know vegans were around that long. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I feel like they just popped up like, <laughs> like a few uh, years ago. Oat milk didn't exist when I started. What? As far as I know, it was uh, like vegans back then were like, dude, almond milk is the future. <laughs> like, isn't almond milk like evil? No, it's fine. Someone, someone told me it's evil. Uh, I would say, okay, almond milk is, I think it uses like, like 
The the arguments for almond milk is that it uses a lot of water to grow almonds. However, it uses a lot more resources to keep a cow locked up for its whole life right. to make milk. Um, yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. There's that's yeah, there. it's a whole thing. This like I'll have a vegan on sometime, and we'll just fucking go into it. But and I, I won't listen to that one. Yeah. Right. No one will. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll skip out on that one. But yeah, vegan uh, V Spot is like I I literally talked to one of the owners like on last Saturday. I was at a thing, and he was there too, and we were talking a bit. And I was like, dude, this is like the goat vegan food. The, their Philly hero is like. Oh, it so is good. amazing like w- the the vegan scientists are really fucking on one like <laughs> i i keep like people keep giving me like vegan food and i'm like i'm like actively mad that it sort of tastes right there, you know what i mean there's like, a joke amongst the vegans that sometimes you'll have food that's so good that you like you'll panic and mm. be like do they serve me like not like the first time I had an impossible burger at a restaurant, I like double checked with the waiter twice because I was full on like freaking out. I bit it and I was like, this is like this is like the real thing. And yeah, I'm, like, this is me. Did they just yeah. like serve me like a real burger? Like what? Right. That, what a prank. What, what like, a prank. That would be so <laughs> fucked up. No, uh, like one thing that I don't think is vegan, but I, I don't like sausage. Like I've never liked like link sausage mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I did date a, a vegan for a while. And she put me on to veggie sausage. Very and it, good. It's better than real. Like not even like I'm not trying to get any like mm-hmm. vegan points or anything. Like <laughs> I genuinely like I prefer my uh, veggie sausage. My my two that I think are better than the real thing are sausage. Right. Because mm-hmm. all it is is just like a spicy log of like crumbly texture. Yeah. And then vegan hot dogs. Oh, really? Because here's the thing. Everyone knows hot dogs, real hot dogs, are fucking disgusting in how they're made. It's all just like scrap meat. Yeah. It's like- Vegan hot dogs have the same texture, pretty much the exact same taste, and you don't have to think about the disgusting shit. Right, they're- like the horse nipples that are yeah, in there and stuff like that. It's like the hot dog is just like a tube of paste, and mm. you can get the same exact texture, same exact flavor, and you don't have to be like, wow, this is a weird mystery meat, you know? Right. Yeah. So. No, that's... I, I definitely... Like, I... I I would like to be a vegan. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm regimented enough in my lifestyle to do it, and I I I hear it's a little more expensive, right? Mm. Like it's that's a lie. It's a lie, really. Yeah, because I mean, like if you're buying meat and cheese, it's more expensive than like like food, like rice, yeah. beans, veggies, like all that. Th- th- all those things are cheap. What's more expensive when people use that argument is actually for the very process. So if you're buying like substitute meat, mm. that's like something that most vegans use as like, oh, I'm going to treat myself and right. like, get this. I wouldn't normally cook with like a replacement meat. Right. So that's expensive. yeah, that's like me getting Chipotle instead of Taco Bell. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. I got so, you. So yeah, I mean, and you can even eat. I eat Taco Bell vegan all the time, dude. I, well, ta- yeah, Taco Bell's a good one, right? Yeah, like Taco Bell, they really oh, yeah. like give you the because you can do anything. Yeah. At Taco Bell, right, dude. When they introduce those tablets. Where you order from and you can customize everything. Yeah. Amazing. It just changed your life. Oh god, I love Taco Bell. It, it's it's my it's my vice. Um <laughs> so rewinding a bit. Yeah, here. go go back, right. So when was your first comedy show that you were booked on not by yourself? Uh it was called Bud Dwyer's Last Stand. Nice man. Um it it was it was run by I think it was Neil. I think Neil okay. ran it, but it, it was it was a different um it was definitely with the movie up. It was like okay. a show where the audience was like basically my friends. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Like I think Antoine was on it. Oh, really? Uh, now, now that I think about it, I think Antoine was on it. Former guest, go check uh, it out. I lo- oh, 
it, go check out anything with Antoine Nezrelli. Like just real quick, if this is your first time and you haven't heard of Antoine Nezrelli, he is a gift to the world. I love him more yeah. than anything. And um, if you see his name on a flyer, you want to go to that show. Yeah, you have to be there. You, you have to be there. Um, so I, I guess it would be Bud Dwyer's Last Stand. The first like re- show that I was like super, super fucking nervous mm-hmm. about it, super excited about was um Antoine was also on that one. Um, <laughs> but it was a, a place called Cityside. Okay. Um, and I believe Cityside died with the pandemic. Um, okay. So it's like not a, a mm. comedy show anymore. But uh, that was specifically one I was really excited to do because it would want it was one I would go see and my, my sister do oh, all the time when I was like cool. 13. Did she come out to watch you do she, that? She no, she was uh, living in LA at that point. So uh she, you know, you know she, where you stand. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's fucked, but yeah, that was awesome. That mm. was like that was wonderful cuz like it went so well. Like nice. it went it went so Hell so yeah. good and it was just like that to me especially was like probably like Oh, okay. I've gotten the. It, it was like my first heroin high. Yeah. You know? Like where I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna be chasing this for feeling yeah. forever, and I still am. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It's but, like you get those. Like I feel like that magic. I haven't felt that in like yeah. a couple years with comedy. I've had some like highs and lows, but mm-hmm. like in my first year when I did my first show where I just murdered. Yeah. And like an important spot that right. was like. <gasps> Oh, it was just, it was, yeah. I, I can still think, like, it was, it was so cool, and, and it was awesome, especially because, like, one of the hosts was, um, he's around here a lot, Sam Ike, I don't, you know Sam, right? Dude, I, I did a, sh- I, the Rhode Island show I did, yeah, he was yeah, on. yeah, that's why, because I, I remember yeah. you talking about Sam Ike once. Um, mm, he, he's fucking great, and he was he, just oh, like, so I did this show, I did 10, and uh, my friend did 10, we had, I forgot, oh, fuck, I can't believe I forgot his name, another guy did 10, and Sam Ike closed, just did like 30 yeah, and did it, like one joke up top and then just hung out with the crowd the rest of the yeah, time and it, made it awesome. He we we would book him on Muya all the time and mm-hmm. it would it would just be so funny because we would ask people to do photography for the show so mm-hmm. we can get like a good pick for Instagram, or whatever. Um and Sam, it was fucking impossible because like he's he was standing off stage. Yeah, he was just they... like walking around and like you couldn't like get a picture <laughs> Bad of him or anything. Uh, <laughs> like it was it was just a it was a nightmare. Um but yeah, so like I, I did the city side show and it like it went good and it was just like timed well enough that like that definitely resulted in like more spots coming mm, and um, nice. I did a couple things at laugh Boston. Dude, um, you get merit based spots. I ain't never got a merit based in, in Boston. There was some, <laughs> there was some merit based, but, and then it became, yeah. it was still very, very clicky. Like ba- yeah, basically yeah. like I, I think of, of the two Boston crowds, like all the people, you know, like 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 David and I didn't run in this necessarily the same mm-hmm. Boston crowd. It's just mm-hmm. David and I were friends, like yeah, we were yeah. friendly. Um, David actually, uh, he did this show. Uh, it was this is probably one of the first shows I ever booked outside of Muya, mm-hmm. and I was excited about it because it was in my hometown. Um, because like I knew a girl that was working in my hometown. It was the summer, so they had this outdoor space, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, hey, I really want to do a comedy show. It'd be fun, whatever. She was like, yeah, no, it's great. We'll pay you. We'll get a budget. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's so exciting. And I, I booked myself as the headliner. Hilarious. Um, like, because I wasn't. Yeah. I, and I, I still am not. Um, but we get to the show. And, and David is one of the, the people I asked to be on it. Okay. Um, and it, it just worked out because... He uh, the day we were leaving, he's like, "Hey, do you only ask me to do this because I have a car?" And I was like, "Dude, you have a fucking car? <laughs> Hell, I would have like if that would have." But like, so David drove us, and we went, 
and we get I see this girl who mm. I've been talking to about the show and she's like, Yeah, you just gotta meet my boss real quick. She'll give you a rundown and then we'll get going. I was like, Great. And uh we're getting the show started and she's like, Oh yeah, by the way, no swearing. And I was like, Ah, oh. and and like the other two comics were like, ah, oh. and David crushed. Yeah. David, did, <laughs> David did so good. Like mm. like the, that crowd like adored him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because like that like no swearing meant nothing to him. He could yeah. just go up and and do his thing. So David actually kind of saved that one. He doesn't. He doesn't like pretty much swear at all. I can't think of. It's always very much. weird yeah. to me, even in like real life, to hear him swear. I'm always like, hey, you know that one? Like, you, <laughs> like, like who, who told you? Because he's so nice. Like, right. That's like, like when I was moving, when I was leaving Boston and like talking, everyone was like, well, you gotta go talk to David. You know, you gotta yeah, go. Yeah. Because David, like out here, like in, I don't think he knows, but in Boston, everyone's just like, oh yeah, David, David, a big New York comic, big <laughs> Mister New York over there. Um, uh, as soon as you leave your home scene to go to New York, you get you get a credit. Yeah, and it's that you no, left absolutely. to go to New York. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely like I I love. I went home in October, and I I think I did like four spots in like in like two days, just because it was like, and they never fucking booked me before. Yeah, like they never got me on there before. But it was um, yeah, it was. It's cool. like it's like leaving your job to go work somewhere else to get the promotion that your job wouldn't give you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I come back. But then also, like, you know, it's also, I feel like a fraud because they're like, you're killing it out there, right? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. You know, like, yes, I. It's so funny because I've been talking about, me and Lee have been talking about this lately. Like, in my brain, me killing it right now is that I love my weekly podcast. I do a weekly stream and I'm proud of my weekly show and I'm getting better at crowd work. Right. And I, like, so seldomly get booked on other shows. Mm. But because my show is going pretty well, I'm like, hey. I'm just grooving. I'm, I'm vibing. I'm living it. <laughs> yeah, I still like. So one thing I'm actually interested in your take on, it. like, with comedy. One thing I have not gotten over, mm-hmm. and it's especially weird. Like, I I was around in Boston long enough where, like, like what you said, like merit based spots, like those would pop up. But because of, I hate being like, hey, can I be on your show? Uh, I never fucking ask. Yeah, I I can't do that. I don't, and I know people that are like, hey, you just gotta like kind of reach out and do that and i'm like well, i don't I, I feel so embarrassed if like I, every time i think if you are the person who feels that way just don't do it yeah, i think because you're not going to do it effectively right there's like I, there's like two camps of people right but right. also the people like us yeah like if people send me a tape yeah i if, if i know you personally right i'll like yeah of course but yeah. if i don't know you and you send me a tape i'm not gonna watch it it's just it i mean like it sucks but that's how it is i'm not an asker like and i I mentioned this last episode on patricia's episode is that like i realize that any room you can get booked in Mm -hmm. is just some other comedian's practice room right and the thing is with that is like no matter how many indie shows you do unless Mm -hmm. you're like on fire right if you're booked like every night of the week like over like double book shit like that it doesn't actually take you anywhere. Yeah. What you just need to do is practice and work on creating something for yourself that you have control of. Yeah. Yeah. At least no. that's how I see it. Right. No, it, it's great. And I, I think to an extent, that's why like so many shows pop up and things like that. Like I'm talking to someone, I want to start a show and like yeah. do that stuff. I'm thinking Tuesdays at eight 30 in the East village. I'll fucking um, kill you. That's... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm full... <laughs> 
That would be like such a funny thing for me to cross you guys because oh you've been God. so good to me. Like if the, you if you start a show, you should do it at uh what six thirty in yeah. the same room and, then, and oh, tell yeah. your audience to stick around. Be like, yeah, yeah we're gonna, a, hour break and there's another great comedy show. Just grab some drinks, hang come, out. Yeah, yeah. Come, come hang out. We combine crowds. <laughs> that was, that, there's an idea. No, there's uh no, but I yeah yeah. So comedy like Boston definitely. Mm-hmm. Just doing that, I was, I was really big on it then. I had, the job I was working at the time like was pretty easy with mm-hmm. it. Um, and then kind of just doing that for a few years. Like I, I stayed in Boston a year after I graduated, mm-hmm. and then I ended up staying in Boston another two fucking years because of uh, the pandemic. That thing yeah. that happened, yeah. <laughs> um, and but like comedy wasn't really going on there, right? A lot of Zoom shows, love them, which was like. You know, yeah. (laughs) But like for the kind of stand up I did, like Zoom shows like weren't that bad for me. Yeah, because like I'm telling stories, so it's sort of just like telling an anecdote on Zoom. Like that's like kind of how I went about it. So in a weird way, I think Zoom shows, even though I didn't do them very frequently, Mm. kind of helped. Yeah, because like that was probably the first time, even though I don't, I don't like. Do you consider that comedy? Like, is it was it like comedy that we were doing? Uh, like when we were. I don't know. It's weird because I think I did two Zoom shows. Yeah, but that was also at a time when I was sticking to my material too hard. Right. right. If I did a Zoom show now, uh, it would be like a little bit like torture, just because now my I've just become such a crowd work riffer with right. Like, material to back it up i'm not a material first person yeah and that's like so that's the thing with with zoom shows that i think were kind of helpful to me because it was the first time i was ever like going because i just was like actively like well this is stupid that yeah. we're all doing <laughs> so like i wasn't going in mm-hmm. with much of a plan right and now like basically what i found the way i'm approaching like i before like I was standing in front of a mirror pretty much and being like, are you going to do this and this and this? And then you pause here and then you let, and like doing that. And now I basically will just be like, all right, that one. And like, I'll go out and just like, kind of see what, like what happens when when we do it. Um, I started like uh, memorizing like a, like, Oh, here's all the bits I want to do. And I I do like the memorization, like algorithm, like the sequential thing, just like the title of the bit. And then I just try to glue them together with like, talking to the crowd and crowd work and i'm like if i get off track it's fine well i i can't uh, actually my favorite piece of crowd work i've ever seen ever in my life happened at your show which was it uh when i I think it was you that asked but like i I don't even remember the question but someone said into a microphone that r kelly still holds up and like oh it must have been david because david has the r kelly joke oh yeah no that's right which i love that joke but um like but like when that woman said that, like I just the whole show, I don't think I listened to a thing. A comic <laughs> said, I'm like, why would you fucking say that? Like, why? Why? What? Even if you like R. Kelly, why would you say that in a room full of people? And now everyone knows that you're like an R. Kelly mm. fan in 2022. Like, right. it, it's just like fucking insane to me. The uh, the 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 goat for me was David has that bit where he's like, yeah, so I'm going to do some crowd work. Uh, crowd work, if you don't know, is very surface level level interaction between mm. the comedian and the audience. And he goes, sir, uh, what are you most ashamed of? <laughs> and like normally that's where the joke ends, gets a laugh, it goes, whatever. And he points the mic at this one guy and he goes, masturbation? <laughs> In like just stone cold serious. And the whole Whoa. room goes wild. What? It was amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, everyone wild like, yeah, you should be ashamed. They all like, laughed so hard. Oh, that's beautiful. It was incredible. <laughs> that's that's really really good. That's so funny. I yeah, I'm scared of crowd work, man. I I, I don't like. Okay, here here crowd work. here's the deal. You start the weekly show, mm. you will not be scared anymore. Okay, right. this is like doing the weekly show has fucking changed my brain chemistry. Right. Because I don't give a shit now. I go every week. I bark. I carry the speaker. When I'm in that room, I'm gonna talk to every single one of you because like that's what I can do. And the thing is, if I fuck it up, it's not like I. I'm not getting a spot later. It's not right. like someone else is holding me accountable. Yeah. You just like having the weekly show, just do the crowd work with the audience. And then you come back next week and you're like, it doesn't matter if last week went bad. I have another chance. Right. You can always just try it out. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I, I think the best, like it, it was said to me like very offhand, but that laugh Boston thing I did, um, the head or like, it was just like that competition show is like the main thing, but they did have like a, a comic come out and like open and mm-hmm. do like a, I think he did 20 minutes. This guy, Mickey Lepper. Um, and he, after the show, like I had won and like, you know, I was like really like, I'm thinking like Netflix is going to fucking call or something. Mm-hmm. And like, he just, I said like, Oh yeah, I'm real excited. But I was like trying to play it cool, but I'm like, yeah, I know it's like not that big of a deal. And you know, and he was like, yeah, no, one thing that I think is like helpful to remember is like good or bad. Like everyone in the show forgets your name within an hour. And I was like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So at the time, like that was sort of disappointing, but now I kind of find that like a little bit freeing, you mm-hmm. know, like where it's just kind of like, well, all right, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, like, you know, they're going to be fine. Right. Regardless. Of, even if of it, how it goes, even if it goes badly, like one, the crowd, uh, if you bomb, the crowd is like, probably not going to see you again. And they're mm-hmm. just looking forward to the next comedian. Right. The, like, unless you say some hateful shit. And then the other, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. other comedians, if they watch you bomb, especially if you know them, it's just like, it happens. Yeah. Like, no one judges anyone for bombing unless it's like, if it's your first time seeing a comedian yeah. and they bomb, you're like, I don't and know. you hold that forever. Yeah. You, you hold that until the next time, you, until you see them do well. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you're fine. You're I fine. guess you yeah. can do it. Yeah. I, and that's like the other thing with like, with shows that I, I find kind of difficult is like, or I did for a long time. It's like, all right, well, if I'm doing a show, I got to do this specific. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all have like that one where we're like, oh yeah, that's, that's the one you yeah know? and i i have mine um but like i always will do that at a show to the point where now like i can recite that in my sleep and i hate telling that story yeah like, I, put, I, just, I put all my best down my all my best jokes down just like old yeller like yeah. i'm just like oh you killed for like three or four months I gotta put you down, buddy. It's like, time to go. Yeah, like I'll I'll bring you back maybe in like a year. Great, you know? great like, for crowds. Not great for myself. Like, yeah, a yeah. great way to make like for me to feel disappointed in my comedy journey is by uh, using stuff that I've been using forever. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I I I do have this one story that I've been doing for years, and mm-hmm. I just can't separate myself from it because mm. it always does is it the gas the story huh yeah uh the uber one the yeah, uber yeah, one, yeah 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 yep that i mean that one it's just you know i was thinking about you last night because yeah. uh i ate like uh i think i ate like between me and me and lee we ate a bowl of four cut up apples and then we ate a bunch of chips and salsa at like one in the morning right my stomach felt like it was gonna explode it was gonna fuck, yeah and yeah. i'm like literally standing up and i'm like this is exactly what ben loftus's story yeah. was about right no! <laughs> that's ex- it's, oh, dude, it was a fucking nightmare it was the worst and that's my favorite story also because like that is 100 like i don't i don't really make stuff up 
in this. Yeah. Or like I don't, yeah. I don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't so boop it up. Like, it's just like, it, it's a thing that happened. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like I sort of like the storytelling aspect of comedy is, is difficult almost a little bit. Cause sometimes like I find my, like, you know, one thing that's very good is like the job I'm working right now, mm-hmm. two days out of the week, I have to walk all over Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like it, like a majority of my day is like walking between places to go mm-hmm. somewhere. And because of that, you see, it's just like a bunch of insane shit. And like, yeah. a, and it's cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's this like insane thing I saw. But like, I also, I'm like, well, I can't really insert myself into yeah. this story, you know, like I, I because, but then I'm like, well, who's going to fucking know like, yeah. <laughs> like whether or not I was like around. Um, the trick but, is to go headphones off. Oh, headphones off 100% of the time. Yeah. I, I hear amazing things. With Incredible off. stuff. I love you can hear, yeah. eavesdropping in New York City. Oh, it's nothing like the it. best. It's so, it's so, it's so good. I, I've, I, I feel like I've definitely told you, but there, there was one time I heard a guy on the phone and he, I was on the bus. So I only heard his part of the conversation and he's like, oh yeah, dude, I remember her. I remember, you know, what I said to her one time I told her, I was like, Hey, come put your titty on my head. I want to know how much it weighs. Oh my God. (laughs) And so I just like, I heard him say that and I'm trying to not laugh Mm. because now clearly someone else is saying something to him on the phone. And then a few seconds goes by and he's like, no, no, no. I said that way before she died. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And, and I, I, I've heard a couple uh, break up in a subway restaurant incredible which is amazing she's like i don't think this is gonna work and he's like i just feel like we should order before we get into this and like, <laughs> it was amazing i was on her side because clearly he was more concerned with his subway sandwich than saving their marriage um but i saw yeah. i saw one on the uh the denver light rail actually a, yeah. le- a less chaotic place after a concert the light rail was super packed you know mm. and i'm in the back of this light rail and there's this there's this woman and this man, like a much older, they're pretty old, like probably a woman's like mid fifties, man, probably like 60 or 70 or something. Yeah. Sitting across the aisle. Uh, they're like talking a little bit. I can't tell if they're like friends or like together or anything, but mm. the this the light rail is packed after a concert. Right. And he goes, Can I touch your titty? <laughs> She's like, Yeah. And he reaches <laughs> across the aisle and d- does it. And and I was just like Yo, there's like 200 people in this car, and you just you shamelessly did that. Oh my god, that is so. That's be- kind of a great love story if you yeah. think about. Hey, can I touch your titty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she said yeah. Like that's that. I that's. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. That's so so wonderful. I uh, I do like I I one thing that I think is helpful. I don't know what like your work history is like but like i've just worked so many fucking awful jobs okay and that definitely has made like um Mm. i i sort of like for my comedy i kind of want to go back to working overnights at a gas station great time to think great time to think but also after 3 a.m some of the most insane shit you'll ever see in your life will happen Mm -hmm. um and i i love i love that like Mm -hmm. i do i i hate chaos but i love being like nearby chaos yeah. you know what i mean like just like around someone else having something terrible happen before i started comedy i worked uh security at a the largest legal marijuana grow up in the united states Whoa. at the time this place was a fortress yeah and that was like after that job was over and i started like i got i graduated got my real job and then i started comedy i was mm. like 
man, I should have started comedy when I was working security because I would right, have had fucking... so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it, it's like cool. I the job I'm working right now, I definitely have gotten some some stuff out mm-hmm. of it, but it's just like a little different because like yeah. I, I had to like sign a big old NDA, like like where I work and stuff like. You that. You work at a so coffee shop, right? I work. I work for a coffee oh, shop. For I work for. A coffee shop. I, okay. I manage um, the inventory of, gotcha. of the coffee shop. You're a set is, PA of a. I'm, I'm a, shop. In a in like a way, yeah. Like I was basically, from what I gather, I just like caught someone on the right day mm. because like the person who hired me came like was supposed to be coming to the shop because I was working as a barista. Yeah, uh, and he was supposed to be having a meeting in that shop. And he just, like, was running late, I guess. So I sent him a message, like, hey, someone's here for you. I'll get him a drink, whatever. And uh, he came in and was just like, hey, thank you so much for, you know, like, going above and beyond like that. I really appreciate that. I need a personal assistant. Can you start on Monday? And I was like, what? Yeah, yes. Pretty cool. And I just keep getting more responsibility. But, like, it, it's, it's, Not it's fun. Yeah. It's just working in an office is mm-hmm. weird. Because, like, I'm not – I'm not there that often mm-hmm. because like there are days like two out of the, the five days I'm working, like I got to go to all the shops and make sure yeah, yeah, like yeah. count stuff pretty much. Um, but the times I'm in the office, like I'm like, oh, I get all the, the media about this now because boy, is this fucking tedious. Like or just like there's this one guy I work with and he's like the nicest guy ever. But just like every day he asks me a question so stupid that I want to like punch a hole through the wall. Like like he came in one day. He's like, Ben, have you watched the Tinder swindler? What's that about? And I was like, use your fucking context clues. Like don't like don't or, or uh, one, another one is like, do you like what's going on in Ukraine? And I was like, what? Oh my God. What do you mean? Do I like it? Like, what? but what, what I find is I, w- I was talking to one of my bosses. And I was like, you know, I'm still kind of surprised that, like, I ended up being here. And they were like, yeah, well, we we just think that you bring a new perspective to, like, the company. And we, I was we like. We needed a tall guy with a beanie. Well, no, but, like, then I'm thinking about in the, in, in, in the office, like, it, it, I'm the only white guy in the office. Hmm. So, like, they did need a new perspective. They just didn't tell me it's the bad one that, like, <laughs> that they're looking for. And it's totally what's happening because, like, basically people will give their ideas. They're like, Ben, what do you think? And I'm like, I think it's really good. And they're like, all right, so, like, what do we need to revisit to, like, to make this Interesting. good? If Ben likes it, that can't be right. Like, this cannot, <laughs> like, this, this can't be what we want to do. I will say working in an office is um, pure suffering. It's, uh, I work from home and I like, I was at this, uh, I was at this training for soft skills and the person, the the instructor was like, boy, we can't wait to get back to the office. Right. And I was like, you're a consultant. You don't work at the, like these jobs. Like my, my coworkers are great. They're fine. But like working at home versus working in an office is like, why would you ever want to commute to a place where you have to dress nice and right. pay for food? Like, yeah, no, that that's. I mean, so so you're in like an office then. You office. you got to wear like a tie and shit. To not work. not a tie, but like you know, it's like business casual. I'm an right. engineer, so like the standards are different. But like, I can imagine, if I was yeah. meeting a customer, like I would have to definitely wear like a dress shirt. You know, dress shirt. Okay, least. all right. But yeah, it, that's that's definitely not the vibe of the place I would like. Where. Cool. 
this what I'm wearing right now would be like overdressed for work almost. It's like it's a place where we say vibes nice. a lot. You show up in like a wife beater and gym shorts. Huh? Like no one would be surprised if I mm. if I did. I yep. it it's like cool. I, I'm more just a na- like allured by having a chair. I've never mm. had a job where oh. I can like sit down Whoa. before. So like every now and then That's I'll big. go I'll like sit down at my desk. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one without a computer, but I have an iPad. Um but I, I get to sit at my desk and I'm like, yeah, this is my desk. I think I'm going to print out some Dilbert comics <laughs> to, to, to like put in there. I actually, I miss having more labor intensive jobs. Yeah. Like I think my perfect job. So my perfect job in my brain, okay, is 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Okay. And the first half of the day from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 ish. Right is me moving uh, big, heavy things around on a pallet jack. Mm. Oh, pallet jack's Pallet cool. jack's rule. Yeah. And then the second half of my day is just uh, doing something in Microsoft Excel. Right. And J- then that's just something. A little, just... like, little, little bit of push, a little bit of brain, and right. then uh, dip. Then you're out? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I... that, that job pays uh, $75 an hour. Okay. All right. There, there's, <laughs> that's there's my a... dream job. I think my dream job is getting like hit by a bus. I think that's, that's, that's really... like I. I want to be able to sue somebody so fucking badly. Did you ever have that thing at your college where it was like, if you get hit by the the transport on campus, you get free tuition? No. That was, okay, so at CU Boulder, they had the Buff Bus, which does a circuit through campus because campus is so sprawling. Right. That, like, it takes you from the dorms to, like, the further out village and stuff like that. And the, the rumor was, if you get hit by the Buff Bus, they pay your tuition. Whoa. But, like, you obviously you can't be at fault, but everyone would just be like... Wouldn't mind. Wouldn't I wouldn't mind if I got hit by the buff bus. <laughs> no, you know, like the thing with me, and like that, this is mean, but uh, I, I had a roommate in college who died, mm-hmm. and they didn't give me all A's, <laughs> and I'm like I'm still fucking pissed about it. Like, be, and the reason they didn't was because he was my roommate the year before, mm. but he died in like the second day of the new year. Something I'm like, ah, I still. Mm. <laughs> you know, what give me, me a B though. Like, give me. In high school, there was a class that I went to. The teacher was 20 minutes late. Yeah. We didn't get to go home. They yeah, were like, yeah. you can't leave after 15 minutes. That's like a myth. <laughs> that that is a myth. I thought that was oh, like a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I just heard for all all of high school is like, yeah, the teacher's 15 minutes late. You legally get to leave. Right. And then it happened. And then we were all like. What do we do? And then, the, like, a, like the like the principal or someone was like, "Yeah, the teacher's not here. No, you can't leave." Like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. That's a shame. I yeah, no, like, I so you do you go like a small high school, like a teeny little one, or I somewhere mean, in the middle? My high school was seventeen hundred kids. I think my graduating class was like four hundred and thirty some odd. Oh, so that's like. I feel like that's standard. I right? feel like that's the standard size. When I hear like stuff like yours, like my right, like or when people are like, "Oh yeah, I had six thousand people at my high school." That to me is like, right? No, insane. I mean, it was so cool. I uh, my last day of high school actually got cut short um, because someone called in a bomb threat. Dude, great um, last day of school. But move. Great, it, honestly, insane last day of school. Um, and I, I'm more jealous because uh, uh, one of my best friends from school, he he was he was there. Uh, the day of the bomb threat, and he mm-hmm. was like in the cafeteria when the word of the bomb threat spread. <laughs> so he was horrified, and then he ended up like losing his virginity that day. 
So like he always looks back. He's like, yeah, it was the craziest fucking day of my life, man. That's yeah, cool. That's good. a cool uh, two in one. That's a big. Day. Well, the crazy thing about it is that uh, the person who did the bomb threat was a teenager in the South, and he sent the same bomb threat to like fifteen different schools, uh, like in in one day. So um, he's a hero. He's a he's a, he got us all. I, I kind of like him. I yeah. will say, based on what he said he was going to do, seems like a dick. But like, he was you like, know, like everyone's getting the day off. Yeah, like it, I, it worked for you me. You know what they need? We need to set up a spam robo call that calls random schools at random intervals and just calls in bomb threats. Yeah, that, that's that's what we need. When has a school bomb threat ever been a thing? It's like literally, like I, I, we had two when I went to yeah. my high school. Yeah. And both of them were some kid like joking around on the bus. Yeah, like, like goofing. Oh, I'm gonna blow this place up, <laughs> whatever. And then someone else hearing it and being like, Yeah. You know, we got oh my god, we gotta tell Yeah, so like but the thing is because it was so huge, like we we uh you know, there were so many teachers in mm-hmm. the school. Like it was just like it, the cool thing about the high school is like I would see someone that I was just like not fucking aware was alive, like yeah, every that's day. Crazy. Um but the thing is, we wouldn't have things like that. What we had all the time at the school were police raids. So, like, there oh, would yep. be times where people would come in and they'd be like, all right, you got to stay in math for four and a half hours. Whoa. And like that, that would be, like, the whole day. We would have, like, the occasional, like, okay, this period is locked down and we're going to have dogs sniff the lockers. Yeah. And they would do, like, a... Crazy that they would do that, but they would sweep the... I think they would do that, like, twice, maybe once a semester, twice a semester. It's insane. It's ins- like it's like real like police state shit when you like go back and think about it like because it's like yeah I was like fifteen like, that was, what, like yeah why? and that was like normalized yeah no to me it was just like oh fuck you know uh, like it's just like it's weird but I never used my locker so one mm. thing that always scared me is like what if someone just like is like putting a meth lab in my locker or some <laughs> shit and I just like I'm not aware of it but yeah so like that that was actually in, when I was doing the comedy club mm. in Brockton I uh I would I. I would make fun of the cops because I was I was a real <laughs> I was a real fan. I, I actually got a talking to from the principal. We put on one show for the comedy club and it was just like after school mm. in like the small theater we had and like everyone could come up and kind of it was basically like an open mic where people went. Right, right. Um, but because it was like an event, they had like our my high school had like its own police department. Yeah. Um what what? Yeah. Whoa. Like they, oh, they, it was like I think it was like 12 people like 12 cops that we, they that they, they, they were just like not cops they were brockton high school cops whoa like, and it, it it was in insane i i believe the school is now looking at like removing them because they were bad like you know it's like not a good <laughs> fucking idea um but yeah no we had a one of the, one of the cops came mm. in and i i very proud of it for like a 16 year old joke, but uh, I got in like I got detention because I called him Constable Cholesterol. And Dude, uh, yeah, that's a fucking home run. That's a fucking home run. Am I Dude, right? That's great. Like, that's amazing. And it was just like <laughs> offhand. I was like, you know, I was introducing the show and I was like, we have a lot of great stuff to show you guys. We got Constable Cholesterol over there. <laughs> and just like it, it was so shocking because like, it is one of the first times I'm like standing in a state and like talking in front of a microphone. And I just like saw him get mad at me. Like when I said that, like I could see him get angry and I was like, Oh no. So he, he I, I went, I was brought to the school police station to be talked to by him and a guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. But like, now why do you feel like it's okay to make fun of him? 
he took time out of his day so you could put on your show and you want to mock him. And I was like, yeah, but it's a, <laughs> but I was like, but it's a goofy show. <laughs> like, but we're all goofs here. Here's the, here's the crazy. I thought about this the other day. Yeah. I was watching the Sopranos, right? Mm. How many people do you know in your personal life that get into a fist fight like more than once in like five years? One. Every <laughs> single police officer. Yeah. Had had like gets in a fist fight like a hundred times more than that. Yeah, you know, think about yeah. that. The only like the people in our society who fight the most are the people that are protecting. And oh, I don't really? know. I was like, it's weird because the only people who want to fight people just become cops because they're like, well, yeah, now no, I can fight the, people. Right. It's weird. That's I don't what know. you do. No, I have a I, I I love her and thank God she didn't end up doing it. But she. For a long time, uh, one of my best friends from high school, she was like, I'm going to be a cop and I'm going to like change it from the inside or whatever. And uh, she she like joined the National Guard and she was in the National Guard. And I remember once I like asked her because like it didn't come up like yeah, we, yeah. we didn't talk about it. <laughs> um, and one day I was like, so you still thinking you're going to be a cop? She was like, oh, my God, fuck no. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, you know, I was like, I'm going to change it from the she's like everyone in my unit is a cop. Mm. And no one's changing that shit from the inside. Like it, nope. it's it's insane. Like she yeah. she oh god she she hates it. But so now she's like I'm gonna be a firefighter because they're hot. And I'm you, like you can't hate firefighters because when has sexy. A, yeah. when has a firefighter ever like commit like uh like yeah. prolonged systematic oppression? Right? You know? No, they're like, just, they, they're they're doing their thing. Like they're yeah. they're probably like I, you know they're they're just putting out the fires and being beefcakes. That's yeah. what you want to be. You want to be a firefighter. <laughs> like that's a, that's that's basically it. And I was like, the, what was crazy about like I know the fist fight thing sounds dumb, but when I really looked at my life, I was like, I haven't like been in like a fight fight since I was like nine. Yeah, like a kid. Yeah, like a I, kid. I can't think of a time I was ever in. And then life. there's just like a group of people whose whole job is like they're like you get to fist fight people. You get to fist fight people because they jaywalked or whatever. Yeah. Like I, well, it, it's also yeah. in, in New York, especially. It's amazing to me how like ineffective cops are. Mm-hmm. Like I like it, it's just like uh one of like when I first moved here it was like the first month I was here. Um, I I was on a date with my girlfriend at the time, and we like saw basically this man chased another man down the street and started beating the shit out of him, just mm-hmm. like full on, just like beating the shit out of him. And like so, I'm I'm not gonna bore you with this whole story, but basically, like it happened so frequently, and like people, like the security guard at this bar kept taking the guy away from him. But as soon as he would look away, he would start beating up the other guy again. Oh my gosh! And the cops didn't show up for like 30 minutes, uh, and eventually they do show up, and I think in total 11 cops came, and this dude who had had. What the dude who was getting punched fucking ran away. He mm-hmm. like waited till he had a second and he just like fucking booked it off and everyone was just kind of like, yeah, no, good call. You, you made the right move. But the cops are asking the dude who's doing the punching like what happened and he, I swear to God, he starts screaming, you think I'm not going to kill that guy? You think I'm not going to tell my gang and we're not going to go kill that guy? And then I I don't want to get killed, but like he starts screaming like the block in which his gang exists on. Like, so he to 11 uniformed police officers was like, do you think I won't kill that man? I'm going to kill that man. I'm in a gang. Here's the location of the gang. <laughs> and the cops were like, you should get home. And he just left. And then and then just like 11 cops were like, we've done real good work here. And like, and they Love all left. that energy. And I, I was just like. I, I, and I was looking at it, and I was thinking, like, 
I wonder what they're like. I wonder how much like that interaction cost. You know what I mean? Like if eleven cops are there, yeah. like what are they paid hourly? Because they were here for like thirty minutes. It's like it's it's crazy because it's like at that point it's like so we all get a free pass too. Like right. yeah, can right. I, that's like what I'm thinking. Can like, I fight the annoying guy who's sometimes at my show? Like can I just fight him? Yeah, and can, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, like, I think you I, should because like basically <laughs> it seems like if alcohol's involved, they're like, well, he's drunk. like like that's all they're willing to fucking give you but like basically like a cop it seems like they just show up 35 minutes after Mm. the danger is gone they're like oh he was wearing pants okay we're not gonna catch him and then they just like leave like that's like their whole fucking thing dude i i i had a oh i just remind me i had a tasteless cop joke uh so my my cousin just became a police officer nice and we hung out last summer and she was like finishing police academy Mm. and she was like yeah i'm living with a uh i'm I'm, i want to like i'm gonna graduate i'm gonna be a police officer i want to get my own place and i want to get a dog but i'm worried i won't have time for the dog you know because i like the police when you first start it's like long hours but i really want a dog and I was like, yeah, you know, and if like if you get a roommate to be there with the dog, they're probably gonna be a cop too. Then you gotta worry about them coming home and shooting. It. <laughs> <laughs> she did not appreciate no, that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know. I personally I think if we're looking at, you know, between like cops and firefighters, maybe we give the firefighters the guns. They've shown that they're like when are they gonna need it? Like I believe that firefighters aren't gonna shoot the guns. I think cops should have trombones. That's that would my, be so funny. Dude, if the, that's a good way to stop a crime. Like, think about it. Like, just uh, out trombone Yeah, someone. you're robbing. Yeah, like, dude, he just shows up and starts, like, doing trombone while you're doing crime. You're going to get distracted, you know? Like, mm. you just, like, kind of walk away and you get rid of that's, that's my theory. I think that's how we end uh, the, the police. Well, we trombone. should do, if, if, if police aren't going to arrest people, what they should do is they should just be around. And if they see a fight... They should just throw like mace and tasers at their feet just yeah. to like expedite the, the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah make yeah. it more interesting. Be, be like, like, I'm gonna give you the chance to yeah. like, hey, you want to solve this amicably? <laughs> All right, well, like, you know, like that's up to you. We were, we were gonna level the playing field here. I'm gonna give you a taser. <laughs> I actually did, uh, and this is the weirdest thing I've ever done in Boston. Um, it was a, a show that was like at a police event. Like Whoa, it, it was weird. like a police. And I got booked on it when I was 21, and like You're it like, didn't really, it didn't really like it didn't make sense, you know. Like it didn't, and like they brought me out, and I told that fucking Uber story, and the cops loved it. But like uh, they, they fucking um, it, it was just like the weirdest thing because I I didn't like it's weird to see cops laugh, you know. And they were like. There was one like Boston guy who was on it and he like was like a bum. he's like a big deal there. He like does all the like the radio shows mm. and when he goes to Red Sox games, they get like pictures of him and stuff. Like yeah. uh so they loved him. Mm-hmm. But just like that, like it was weird that like this guy is like a comedian for cops. Cause he was like doing like cop jokes. And the cops are all like, Yeah, no, for sure. And it was just like I remember Whoa. like that was probably like the most embarrassed I've ever felt in a place in like a comedy context was Whoa. like being in a room like just cops. And it was like all like they all look like, you know, like pretty much like bald white guy. Like it's just like all the same guy just yeah. like laughing. And that that was like in terms of like probably the weirdest show I ever did, aside from that one in Brockton, 
because that one in Brockton was just I couldn't swear, mm-hmm. so I just like bombed in front of all my childhood friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like that that cop show was like some some. I'm just not a fan of those guys. Okay, just, I I don't care who I offend. Okay, I I in Brooklyn. I don't care who I offend in Brooklyn. I'm not a huge fan of the, dude, the police. I don't know. That would be so. I feel that'd be so tough. I'd be so nervous, and I would also feel like I don't want to fucking make you guys laugh. I don't like you yeah, don't deserve that's, it like, that's like what I felt like worse about is yeah that like like when I did like okay in front of the cops I'm like fuck am I like a cop comic like am I like is Ooh. this like kind of like who I am am I the cholesterol comedian am I the, yeah am I the constable cholesterol I don't know what 16 year old me was fucking on one that day that is like perfect that is such a good joke I can't I think I might have peaked with constable cholesterol Dude, if you ever have a show like a rooftop show gets Shut down by the cops. That's how you dunk on them before. That's like, how you, you dunk that close up shop. Yeah, you put down the microphone. Is, is that a thing that happens? Oh, you I, know what? I just realized it pisses me off because you watched a guy say he was going to murder a guy after he beat him up. The cops did nothing. Yeah, I have been at several outdoor comedy shows where the cops are like, "Shut it down." <laughs> yeah, just make that shit stop. Yeah, yeah. L- right. Because that's the easy thing for yeah. them to do. That's like. We're really changing the narrative here. Dude, hot takes. People are like, these two white guys don't like cops. Maybe we gotta change our minds. These two white guys are not fighters. Yeah, uh, like we're, we're not I'm not. I um you know, I, I think I know this is something everyone talks about or whatever, but like a draft. Like imagine if there was a draft I'd be so fucked if there was a draft. Like I can't fight. I think I'd be all right. You'd be all right? You think I'd, it'd be good? In I don't a think war? I'd be like excellent. I think it'd be like middle of the road. You think really? I don't think I'm your worst choice. You see, I'm well. I come from a, a, a family of, of war people. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I've I've talked about. I thought it, it was a I'm, family of comedians. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like everyone above me and my sister went to war. Mm. My dad and mom just got like a regular job, and Jamie and I became stand-ups. <laughs> like so, like suffering, suffering, suffering. Mom, dad, and then us. Like mm. that's like basically how it went. But uh, my granddad is a, a decorated war veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I sort of feel bad saying that, but like, so he, he was in the Korean war. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he was a prisoner of war for two and a half years. Whoa. Like, uh, apparently they told my grandmother he was dead cause they thought he was like dead and stuff. Um, but the reason I think I wouldn't be a good soldier mm-hmm. is because I found out like a year ago that, uh, Papa, when he went to Korea was captured on his first day in battle. Oh and I'm thinking, like, dude, you got fucking, you got captured right away, and they gave you a medal for it. Bullshit. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not into U.S. military. It's like participation trophies. I don't, I don't like that shit. <laughs> I'm that's, not into that's that. That's the Trump stance. We only like vets if they're winners. Yeah, like, we only like his I, John I McCain get, shit. Yeah. yeah, that unfortunately was hilarious when he said that. It, it it's, was. It's, it's an uncomfortable funny. truth yeah. that that is one of the funniest things ever said. I, I like yeah. people who didn't get captured, I think, is what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Well, we're ba- we're down to the last little bit here. This has been great. Wow, we really... Dude, we plowed through. We've been, like, burning through this. Has this has been 85 minutes. Has it really? <laughs> yep. Holy shit. Well, <laughs> it's, it's all that audience at home. They, keep me, they keep me going. Yep. <laughs> they keep me going, baby. So, final question here. Why do you love stand-up comedy? I... Love um, supporting the cops. I love. I, I just lo- blue lives, baby. That's why I do blue it. No, laughs, I, I do it. Blue laughs. I do for the blue laughs, baby. It's us Smurfs and cops. That's who I'm trying to make laugh. That's all I want. 
No, uh, I think it's because I, I don't. I don't mean to get personal. I I like so I joked with you earlier about like how a huge part of comedy here is like hanging out yeah, yeah. with people and I boy do I hate to hang out like <laughs> like I just I don't do it like I I very much fancy myself like an ant not antisocial because like I mm. like hanging around people but basically I just like clam up a lot and mm. like a lot of like so and the thing that's so fucking cool about comedy is like I am the only one allowed to talk so mm. like it, it's just like it's very I don't want to use the wrong word because I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but just like it's very like freeing or whatever to go up and like have something that I would probably be like a little more concerned about talking and just like a one on one conversation Mm -hmm. to like go up and say it to a bunch of people and like get the reaction you would want from Mm -hmm. it. It's like, oh, it's it's like the best. (laughs) It's the best thing in the world. So like that, that is probably the reason I, I, I keep I keep coming back, you know, I, I keep returning. But. I guess I didn't notice that you're not really a hang like I'm, person. I'm not really like, and it, it's never, I always feel like a dick. Cause like, I, I feel like there are people in the world that are like, Oh yeah, Ben doesn't like hanging out with me. It's just at a certain point I've like interacted enough where I'm like, okay, I gotta go. Mm. I gotta go. I gotta go be in a room alone and I need to eat a sandwich in my bed. Like that, that, that. is like Love what that. needs to happen. It, it's just like kind of who, I am. I don't know, mm. but like, uh, the it it's just really fun, you know. It it. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're you're someone. This is something I've thought about a lot lately. Pickle cat is eating headphones. Um, I know. <laughs> I think uh, I'm a more of a fan of the pre hang than the post hang at a yeah, show. I wholeheartedly agree. Because I think the pre hang, it's like people are gonna get there. You have time to talk before the show, and it's not like an indefinite like how long should I stick around type deal, right? And like. The post hang, a lot of people that you want to hang out with are like leaving to go to other stuff. So it's just like, okay, who's left? You know? Yeah. yeah. I like the pre hang. The pre hang, definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I love to get to a show early mm-hmm. and like have that like conversation where we're talking, but also we're both thinking about what we're doing next. So, like, there's yeah. not a lot of expectation on either side of the conversation. Exactly. So, yeah, no, that's definitely, that's definitely it. And I, I also, um, it's it's just easier to to figure out what's working because I I'm working on uh, a couple. I told you I hate to hang out. As soon as I said I hate hanging out, that's when we get the cat on the yeah, line. Right. He's like, well, what about this? Um, Pickles wants attention. But I I love meeting other comics. Like I'm working mm-hmm. on this thing right now. Um, I I raised a little money and I'm I'm putting together like timing like a shoot and stuff. Nice. Uh, and and I'm asking. I'm still filling out some spots on it, but like mostly like I want only comics on it. So I love like making like finding people that I find really hilarious mm-hmm. and like finding an excuse to work with them on yeah, something is always like really really fun. Um, that's one thing I love with the the podcast is yeah. anyone whose stuff I really like they're okay with being on a podcast. It doesn't right. like the, the differential and clout doesn't matter. I could just be like, do you want to be on the show? And it's going to be, yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be I'll also that. That's one thing that's been interesting to me about New York is like people here with like clout. Yeah. It's like super nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're generally like really nice. Everyone. Like, the thing is, is like the few people that try to be gatekeepers. Yeah. Nobody likes them. Yeah. No one wants to be. And that, that wasn't my experience in Boston. Right. If you wanted to be a gatekeeper, you, as long as you have a room, you can do it. Like it's, you can, uh, it's. I think the the trend I've seen is basically all smaller scenes have that. Mm, is yeah. like New York is like very unique in that 
there you can't gatekeep something so massive right yeah so. no it's it's like impossible mm-hmm. it, it, there's no way but yeah no i mean especially here it, it's a lot looser here um mm-hmm. and it, it, it's been fun it's just i work so much I, I gotta get i gotta get myself to more i gotta see more i gotta be gotta be there more you Hell know yeah. all, that, all that beautiful stuff but, yeah it's yeah. good i yeah. like it uh well ben where can people find you where can people find me on uh on twitter uh i am at a single father okay uh, you can find me there uh i am unfortunately like a little more unhinged on twitter than i would like to be that's um, how you do twitter baby that's how you do. i sure love to make jokes about the jfk assassination <laughs> on there um so i'm on there uh you can find me on instagram at diet ben loftus and if you love podcasts um i did been a long time since I, I i released a new episode but i did a podcast called the salmonville letter writer uh and i think i had a cast that totaled up to 38 people oh my in god that one. i wrote a, a fake true crime show oh cool uh, and it's it's 10 episodes long it takes place in rhode island in a fake town in rhode island and uh i'm writing the second season of that now dude what are we what are we talking about fucking cops for i want to hear about, about that co- about the so i won't give you too much it's called the salmonville letter writer okay um i it's all scripted it's 100 so percent. yeah wow. I, wrote, I wrote 10 scripts for it um and that the season of that show that's out now is like done like i i told the whole story mm. uh, and it's done how long are the episodes uh 30 to 50 minutes wow um and it, it was tough that's a lot it was hard putting it all together um but i'm like i the second season of it i am going to write uh or i'm, I'm finishing writing right mm. now um is a lot more ambitious yeah because uh, this one isn't going to be a, a true crime story what i'm doing with this story is um it's uh, a biography mm. of a punk band Okay, and it's a punk band that has been around since the '60s, and mm. they're still making music now. Okay, uh, I've named them the Cunts. Okay, and uh, basically their trajectory is they become a lot more right wing mm. as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So like their first album's about taking a shit in like the Queen's apartment or whatever, and like the their latest album is about why you shouldn't get the vaccine. Yeah. Like, uh, so. That's been cool because like I'm I've I've like reached out to a punk band and mm. I'm going to like record songs for nice. it and stuff like Hell that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is like my podcast has a script. I, I I don't usually come on and just like talk, but that's cool. Honestly, I really admire that because I like everything I do is truly just by the seat of my pants. My comedy, yeah. my podcast, my stream. None of it is scripted. <laughs> well, I like that though. I like that. I like that you're you're trusting yourself. Like I don't trust myself. I need to I need to like have everything written down. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to be like you. Mm. Okay. See, I admire someone being able to have the forethought to do story elements and scripting. Right. Like, okay. I'm like so big picture yeah. that it can be hard for me to be like, all right, what is every second of this thing? Right. You know, right. I, you're gonna get off this podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna edit it. It's gonna come out on Tuesday. And mm. here's the deal. I will forget everything that we have talked about oh, yeah, except for constable cholesterol <laughs> i'm glad it stuck i'm glad i'm glad it uh it, it worked on there because it's like i do this and i just like wing it you know right like, so 
Well, dude, don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on the new season, dude. That would be sick, honestly. I would no, I already that. I kind of have a, a part in mind that you would be good for. Um, You're like I kind of like his uh, lisper, the funny way he talks. It would be perfect. Just, just <laughs> well, I, I, the thing is, like, I had the weirdest collection of of people on mm. there. Um, like, so the guys I mentioned, the people I used to run Muya with, they have a podcast. So uh, Patrick, especially, he he played a pretty important part. A bunch of the cops. Uh, he played a bunch of the co- no. Did actually, the cops all do voices. There was actually one of my favorite plot. <laughs> lines in the store so the very 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 loose like outline is that like have you seen the drunk history episode about the blackmail letters oh no i haven't it's like a real in in ohio in the 70s someone sent out blackmail letters Mm -hmm. to everyone in the small town in ohio and like it basically resulted in like all these scandals popping up and i like wrote a version of that where there was someone sending blackmail letters Mm. throughout a town and one of the letters went to a six-year-old boy mm-hmm. who cheated on a spelling test. Okay. And his response to that was beating his teacher nearly to death with a bat. Oh, my God. And basically what <laughs> what I did in Salmonville, because it's like such a dog shit awful town, what I said is uh, the kid, I think his name was Billy, uh, and Billy was put into the prisoners to cops program um, <laughs> where he's like uh, in, in school, like it, it's a rule in Salmonville that if you have a D average, they just make you a cop when you're 16. <laughs> um, so it's like, I, I it, it's, it's a fun little, it's a fun little. That's dope. It's, okay. It's a good little. So thing. it's Salmonville letter writer, letter writer guys. Go check out Salmonville Letter Writer. Uh, follow Ben on Twitter. He's funny. And Instagram. He's there. Uh, I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm present. But yeah, Ben, this was awesome. This was a blast. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Thanks for um, having me. Guys, yeah, follow him. Do stuff. Follow Thank you so much follow. for listening and watching, guys. Uh, subscribe. I know. I, sh- I got to say subscribe up top, okay? I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you are watching this there. Other than that, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and St. Patty's Day. Oh, is that this? I think, fuck? I wow. think it's like next week. I don't know. St. Patrick's Day, baby. Be subscribe. Safe. Be Sub- safe. Subscribe. I'm going to do it. Anyway, I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.